All right, everybody. Uh, welcome to another edition of uh, Positively Charged Wrestling. And um, I actually want to start just a little differently. I hope this works. Uh, just uh, give me a moment. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce myself. Some of you may know me, and some of you may not. My name is Howard Finkel. I'm also known as The Thing. And I am the premier ring announcer of the World Wrestling Federation. Not sure if that picked up or not. <laughs> uh, the, that was, uh, that was so hopefully the audience heard it. Um, want to kick off and, and kind of we'll, we'll backtrack and get to um, get to the second night of Mania in the past couple weeks, but. We, we uh, lost another legend this past week, uh, and, and is that little clip that I hope the audience heard. If if not, we'll just talk about it anyways. Um, but uh, you know, Howard Finkel passed away this week, and I know he's had some health issues, but uh, I think it goes without without saying that um, much like that clip said, he was the uh, the the premier ring announcer uh for for the bulk of um the the bulk of the time that uh, i'm sure you were watching growing up and as myself and many um pretty pretty sad stuff and i i'm sure we all we all have you know fond memories um but um but sad stuff this week right josh definitely definitely uh thinks one of those uh He's one of the voices of her childhood. That thing, uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, I, I, when I was little, I used to, you know, I used to play with the wrestling figures a lot, and of course, I would do an announcing as they come out, and I'd do commentary and stuff. And I guess it's, you know, the voices I grew up with. Because Fink was my announcer voice, you know, even, even though I sounded nothing like him, you know, in my head I did, you know. So Fink was my announcer voice. So it, I, I did the whole, you know, the following contest scheduled for one fall, you know, and and yep. I, so you know, it's I'm tied to that, so. And, yes. and then if you had a, a, a title change and new WWF yes. champion, <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. uh, um, I got a kick out of it a, a few years back. Uh, you know when Punk had him come out. I, I think it may have been a Survivor Series. I, I can't remember. Um, I think so. I think it was uh, against Del Rio. Yeah, he he had Fink come out and announce him, and obviously that he won the title, and we got you know a new. It, it just. Just great stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, certainly some sad stuff, but we will always have the memories and, and that uh, iconic voice to go back and uh, just bring a smile to our faces. So um, moving on, on a on a lighter note, a uh, um, lot of stuff, a lot of stuff has happened the past couple weeks. But I guess, um, I guess the the place to start is uh, we we covered night one of WrestleMania, so we'll go all the way back and cover night two, um, and uh, kind of go from there, um, and I kind of kind of get our both our closing thoughts on WrestleMania. Um, so, so obviously it kicked off with. Um, with Natalia and Liv Morgan. Admittedly, I, I did not catch this. This was a pre-show, and I 
I tuned in right around right around five or ten till somewhere around in there, and I think it was already passed. Um, yeah, I missed this one too. But uh, no disrespect to those ladies, we just didn't didn't see it. Um, Liv picked up the pick up the win there. Uh, kicking off the main show, um, Rare Ripley and Charlotte Flair, and I'm just going to say this may have been in my top three favorite matches of the whole darn weekend. Um, I thought this was, uh, I thought this was one of the better women matches I've seen in quite some time. Good stuff. And I think this right here, and I guess we'll get a little bit more into this, especially on this show, uh, on this particular night, I feel like had this had a crowd, we would be talking about this as a match of the year contender. Um, and that's how important sometimes a crowd can really elevate a match. Now, that being said, I thought these two really, really had a hard hitting affair. Uh, what was your thoughts? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, as I was telling you, I watched, I, I tried to watch most of it the night it happened. And then I went back and watched some of it the next day and, and I got a lot more out of it the next day. Uh, I really enjoyed watching them uh, work the knee. Uh, Charlotte working on Ripley's knee. It anytime there's like a a knee spot like that where they where they keep working on it, it throws me back to Randy Savage because I think yeah I don't know I, I think like everybody injured his knee or something I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the uh, the the one chop block that was near the ropes. Um, uh, Ray was getting up from the ropes and Charlotte hit her. Looked like a borderline shoot. If not, it was well done because I was like, Oh my gosh. Cause Ray's yep. uh, knee bent in a way that I kind of got concerned for a second. So they sucked me in. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this and um, I'm going to go ahead and say that this was my favorite. I just full transparency. This was my favorite match of night too uh, already. Um, and it stands. So, uh, but um, Charlotte picks up the win. I, I really thought uh, Rhea was uh, going to win here, but um, interesting. Charlotte getting the victory. Uh, what, what was your thoughts on Charlotte getting the win? Well, I'm, I'm hoping they listen to my idea about the, uh, you know, building up to a rematch thing because uh, that's exactly what I thought when it happened. I was like, all right, step one complete. Um, yeah. I think they said that uh, Rhea's uh, – uh, but was something about her visa or whatever in this situation was so she had to go back home or was something like that. So yeah, uh, they they had to do the title change and all that. And um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm hoping you know uh, when when she gets back, you know we'll build up to a rematch. Not too quick though. I wanna I wanna see some build. I wanna yeah. I want this steak to sizzle for a little while. You know. Indeed, indeed. Um, up next we got um, Aster Black and Bobby Lashley. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, this, in a, if there was a crowd, this would be a bit of a come down match. Um, Black picks up the win. Um, and then we get another match where I felt if there'd have been a crowd, we would have got uh, a heck of a pop with, um, Dolph Ziggler and Otis. Otis picks up the win and, uh, gets to give Miss Mandy Rose a, Big old smooch, and uh, I feel like had um, had there been a crowd, this would have been a a big pop. Um, I think so. I think so. I 
think this story has has low key been a pretty well told story. Um, and uh, I, I think it continues to be as as we'll get to shortly. Um, you know, I'm, I mean, it's strange. Uh, it's been kind of strangely built, but I, I think it's kind of finding its footing and really becoming a low key good story. It's a simple story, um, yeah. and and most of the best stories are so. Um, next match. And I'm going to try to be critical without being negative. Um, this is a last man standing match with Edge and Orton. And, and I will, uh, I'll just be honest. I, I did not care for this match. Uh, I, I thought it was fine. But um, it, uh, I thought it was about 15 minutes too long. Um, this apparently was the second longest match in WrestleMania history. Uh, and that's not, I mean, that's a legitimate, um, 36 minutes and 35 seconds. And obviously the longest match is still the Iron Man match with Brett and Sean. So I, I thought it was about 15 minutes too long. Um, I thought the work, the, the guys really beat the heck out of themselves and, um, I felt like once they finally got up on top of the truck and Edge was, you know, crying and conflicted emotions, I thought all that was good. But my big complaint was just just a little bit too long. Um, but uh, what what do you think? Well, f- before I go into my actual thoughts on the match, I'm going to throw a joke out there that my dad would love. Uh, um, you said it was the second longest match in WrestleMania history, but I, I think they had to do that. Because Orton usually takes so long to get to the ring that they just factor that extra, extra time to the match. Like I said, that was my dad. I'm sure he would laugh his butt off at that one because he always talks about how, how it takes Orton and Taker so long to get to the ring. He's like, well, we could have had the match over by now, you know. So, so I, thought, I thought they'd throw that in there. Uh, nice, nice. But now, uh, thoughts on the match. Um, now, this one was really frustrating tonight, uh, Mania, because uh, this is where our signal cut out. Gotcha. Uh, well, no, it cut out during Otis. And this is where we like tried and tried and tried to get it back on. And I was able to connect on my phone for parts of it, but we could not get the regular signal back up for a while. And uh, it was getting really frustrating during this one. So I went back and watched this the next day and, and, you know, watched it all in order and everything. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I agree that it was kind of slow and long, but I kind of enjoyed it. Um, I think uh, they started the match off with uh, or- uh, Orton hitting the RKO on edge and it kind of gets set this stage for Edge to, you know, he's, he's going to have to fight an uphill battle now because he's already been hit by the RKO, which, you know, uh, like took him out a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, you know. And um, it really gives that story of, uh, as he put it himself, uh, grit, you know, of him just pushing on and yeah. determination to get, go on. And, or um, as you uh, you made the connection when Edge come back, that old man Logan, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so I really enjoyed that. And then, as you pointed out, the uh, the emotion from Edge right before he went for the concerto at the end. I I think all together it was really good. But I, I will agree that it it did run a little long, or seemed a little s- slow where they were getting from point A to point B and stuff. Yeah. It and I mean, like I said, I thought I don't know. Yet again, maybe if there was a crowd, it would have been a little different. Who knows? But I, I just felt like it was a little slow, a little plodding. And kind of took me out of it. Um, but, 
but Edge, yeah, he, he he picks up the win here, and we'll we'll see what's to come uh, with his comeback. Kind of felt kind of felt bad for Edge because you know obviously he gets the big Rumble moment, but obviously he was wanting a big Mania moment in front of you know seventy thousand people and didn't get that. So hopefully he sticks around for another year, and all this craziness is done with by next year, and can get that because he certainly earned it. Um, yep. Yep. So uh, we get uh, Street Profits versus uh, Angel Garza, Austin Theory. Street Profits pick up the win. Bianca Belair comes out afterwards. And, um, you know, she she attacks Selena Vega. So that was uh, that was there. Yet again, another come down match. Um, women's five-way. Um, didn't realize... This was going to be an elimination, I don't believe, until the match started. Um, <laughs> I, I was the same way. After the first pinfall, I'm like, oh, oh, we're going. We're still going. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, Which they, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I, I prefer the elimination style myself. Yeah. In situation like I, I think it worked better uh, than uh, – because initially, I didn't know if it was going to be like the scramble match that they had uh, – 10 years ago that they, I don't believe they've had, but maybe one or two other times because it's just confusing as all get out. Um, uh, to never forget, uh, Brian Kendrick was a WWE champion. So, yes. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, no, ba- Bailey gets the win here. Um, and, uh, kind of interesting that, that her and Becky both are, pretty much going on year-long title reigns. And I don't have a problem with either one. Um, True. So perhaps they both could be a little bit stronger. Certainly Bailey, I'm, I'm not sure what she's you, – you could argue what has she done with it, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we get a um, pretty neat little video package afterwards with um, Mania 37 going Hollywood again. Pretty cool little nods to the movies and uh, L.A. and stuff. So really hoping they, um, like I said, all this craziness is over with and things can get back to normal. Um, and I think that's going to be in a brand new stadium uh, that's going to be done like at the end of the summer. So that should be pretty wild. Um, so next up, uh <laughs> We have the most divisive match in WrestleMania history, possibly. <laughs> if you want to call it a match, I don't know. Um, I had to watch this one. I think I've watched this back a couple different times. I- I've watched it, obviously, the night it happened. Watched it again, and I think I've kind of skimmed through it a couple other times. Um, Firefly Funhouse match, and... They got us because I, obviously we were all expecting it to be boneyard match and John Cena walking up to a fun house or something like that. Well, <laughs> it opens up and uh, there was people on Reddit saying, oh, so it's not going to be like the boneyard match as soon as Cena comes out. Well, that notion got tossed out the window pretty quick. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't even know where to begin on this. So he cuts to Bray. In, in the fun house and uh, kind of going over, I guess, what the fun house is and how John Cena is going to fight his biggest 
enemy yet himself. And uh, then we just delve into basically what's a psychoanalysis of John Cena's career. (laughs) I I mean, that's why I watched it again, because I picked up some new stuff. Um, We'll do a run through of what happened. But before that, I mean, what what did you think of this? Oh, yeah, Uh, (laughs) definitely out there. Uh, And I'm not saying that is a bad thing because I enjoyed it. Uh, It just unlike anything I've seen before from them. And uh, at first I was like, well, this is just crazy, you know. But then, like you said, after rewatching it and stuff, there's there's little nods and stuff that that tie the story together and make it make a lot of sense as you're watching yep. it, which is in itself is crazy because when you're watching something that the imagery is so crazy and making no sense, but then when it it starts to tie together and it starts to make sense, you're just like, wow, that you know, creative. I guess is the best word to describe it. And then uh, I heard that a lot of this was Bray stuff, which. Bray's awesome. Bray's Bray's a very creative guy. So I mean, yeah. And uh, go ahead. I've heard um, a good way to describe it is, uh, of course, the Fiend is kind of like a horror movie villain, and and like uh, his match with Rollins and other matches stuff uh, was more, I guess, kind of kind of along the lines of like Jason or Michael Myers. You know, where he, you know, what's it going to take to keep this monster down type thing. And this one was more of like a Nightmare on Elm Street touch to it. You know, it was more yeah. of a mental mental game. So. And so we'll just try and run down kind of what all happened. Uh, so Cena comes in, Bray exits, and then Cena talks to a rambling rabbit, exits through the door, and we get um, basically a recreation of Cena's debut on the main roster. Um, and, you know, some people have said this was, you know, kind of an analysis of how that failed. And, um, all right, so uh, kind of getting into what happened here. Um, you know, we, we, we open it up with, uh, <laughs> with you know, a recreation of, of Cena's ruthless aggression debut and promo, and, and there's lots of little nods and winks here um, with, uh, you know, how, how this was a failure and so on and so forth. And then, you know, even Wyatt singing – the Bella's theme song, which I honestly didn't catch the fir- first watch through. Um, I, I, I kind of caught it, but it didn't click with me what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, going on uh, after after that, we kind of get transported uh, Freddy Krueger style to another uh, uh, Saturday night's main event. And um, supposedly I, I've read that this was, you know, a combination of Cena's connection to being the next Hulk Hogan, as well as his failed bodybuilding career. Um, so, uh, then, uh, we get the, the basic thugonomic Cena, um, coming out and actually did some pretty nifty little, uh, little rhymes. Uh, the, the Husky Harris line was, was pretty, pretty funny um but uh then we get a call back of uh bray wyatt the original bray wyatt sitting in a in a cabin in a rocking chair and we kind of go back to the um wrestlemania 30 match there 
And uh, I'd, I'd actually forgot about that portion of that match. Uh, I, I remembered it as soon as they kind of were showing it, but uh, pre- pretty neat little callback there. Then we get um, more connections to Hogan and why, you know, and, and Cena never turning heel. Uh, with the NWO stuff and what would have happened if Cena had to just finally let his rage consume him, if you will. When the Fiend appears behind him during all this, as it appears he's beaten up uh, Huskus the pig boy and gets him in a mandible claw and uh, kind of does, I think, uh, gets him in a Sister Abigail position and Cena's promo from SmackDown about the most overhyped, overprivileged, superstars about to be gone or something. Avery said it, and it was just, whew. <laughs> yeah, when, when that promo started playing, it, it, it all that's kind of when it all ties together. It all makes sense, and you're like, oh, my gosh. How creative was this? <laughs> yep. I, I, I mean, so many layers. Um, I'll say – I like the Boneyard match better, but this this worked, and I hope it doesn't become the norm. We'll talk about something that happened on NXT in a bit. Um, these cinematic style matches, this outside the box. I don't know if this is going to work when things go back to normal and we have a crowd. Um, I don't know, but th- this worked. It was different. It's something that we're going to be talking about for, for quite some time. So, uh, moving on from, from all that craziness, uh, Lesnar and McIntyre yet again, I, I feel like if, the, if there was a crowd, there would have been a big pop, um, typical Lesnar match, lots of, you know, F5s, I think there was three F5s and three or four Claymore kicks. McIntyre gets the win. Wasn't a um, five-star Tokyo Dome classic, but um, the uh, it, it was good. I, I, you know, the right guy won. Uh, what, what was your thoughts? I think a lot of this one, or one of the coolest things about this one is um, the first F5, Drew kicks out at one. Yeah. And Brock sells it great. You know, you can see the kind of uh, what am I supposed to do here type moment on Brock's face, you know. And, uh, of course, then they keep going and keep going. And then then it gets to, um, I guess, we're at the third F5 now. And Heyman's tells him, you know, we can just do this all night and keep going. And then Drew ends up getting the better of him. And uh, I, I think that really plays into the story there, that first kick out, you know, because he's like, I'm really going to have to go after this guy. You know, he's, he's a threat to me, you know. And uh, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, nothing – Nothing amazing. It was, you know, finisher, finisher, finisher. But uh, being being as big and hard hard hitting as they both are, I kind of that's kind of what I I was expecting with it. You know, it was both guys trying to put each other away as quick as they can. And uh, and like you said, if the crowd was there, it would have been a massive pop. Him um, him and Edge are the ones I feel the sorriest for in this situation because yeah. Edge didn't get the the mania moment with his mania return, and Drew having. It, this was his mania, and, and he didn't really get that moment. But I think one of one of the two said on something I saw recently where, you know, they, they're just like, you know, you got to 
keep in your mind that those fans are at home watching, and so we're going to do this show for them or something like that. So, yeah. So that's it for WrestleMania. They, you know, you can argue whether or not it, it should have went on or shouldn't have. Personally, maybe selfishly, I'm glad it did. Um, final thoughts on the uh, the strangest, most unique WrestleMania we've ever had. What uh, What's your thoughts? Oh, I've always thought I wouldn't like a two night mania, and honestly, I, I think in a normal situation, I, I you know, I still rather it be one night. I like the build up like through the weekend to mania being that last night. Mm-hmm. I don't like it being as long as it has been. You know, that's that's one of the the good things about this two night thing, both were reasonably linked shows. Um, but all in all, i really enjoyed both nights. Um, I like how they built the first night up to the boneyard match and it was a good cap for that night. And then you come in the next night and build your way through. Um, uh, there were some, some good matches. There were some matches that, you know, they were just kind of there, but not down on them. Just, you know, as you, as you said, cool down matches, cause you can't be all up because then what are you going to get up for if you're, all, all your matches are high build matches, so right. And um, but all in all, I, I really enjoyed it. And an unusual WrestleMania, unusual weekend, but uh, um, I really enjoyed it. It's one that I'll go back and watch over and over again. Um, and we and we still wound up with with WrestleMania moments. Something we'll be talking about with uh, with the Fun House and in the Boneyard match, and you know. Uh, WWE dipping their toe into um, into more cinematic stuff. Uh, our uh, our buddy uh, Michael Tuck was talking about how uh, you know he watched the Boneyard match because because I think both matches. Spoiler alert! I, I think they're they're available on YouTube. I, I not advertising that. Just saying, uh, buy the network for nine ninety nine. Anyways, um, <laughs> they're. Uh, he, he watched the Boneyard match, and he said it reminded him of, like, uh, old, like, early 90s wrestling and Undertaker vignettes. And, and you know, I could see that. It, but it did have, like, a, a new feel to it. And it was, it was more cinematic and, and obviously a bigger budget than back then. And, um, yeah, so I, I, I'm glad they, they soldiered on. I'm glad they did it. Um, and... Uh, Pretty good stuff. So, so moving on, we uh, we go on to Raw the next night, um, and we'll, we'll kind of start buzzing through this uh, some of this here. Um, Liv Morgan and Oscar. Oscar picks up the win. It looks like they're trying to build Oscar back up a little bit. Um, pretty yeah. good match between the two, too. Yeah, yeah, not not bad at all. Uh, Street Profits, uh, Garza and Austin Theory, a rematch. Um, and then uh, Bianca Belair comes out, declared she's a member of the Raw roster. Then uh, her, her and Zelina Vega have a match, double disqualification. Then we get a, a six-man or six-person. And, and I I felt like this whole thing was dragged out just, just to kind of fill time. Um, there, there was yeah. a good 45 minutes here taken up here. I, not really having a problem with it, but I, I just feel like they were, it was time filler. Um, yeah, th- this seemed like, um, uh, so many months ago earlier this year, they did, they 
made the statement of they weren't going to take commercial breaks in the middle of matches anymore or yeah. something like that. And that's what this reminded me of because it was like tag team match. Oh, oh, we're going to bring the ladies out. They're going to wrestle. Oh, we're going to make a six man. And, and you just picture it as, okay, well, this was one commercial break. This would be the next, you know, and they're just keeping the same match, just stretching it out because they did that a few times in those times where it was, it was like a tag match that built into a six man or a uh, yeah. a singles match that built into a tag, to, you know, that that was kind of their answer during that period. I'm kind of glad they're away from that, but this was a throwback to that. Um, so Alistair Black, Apollo Crews, um, not a, uh, not a bad match at all. They, they get a ton of time here. Um, I actually, I actually think, uh, I got up to do something for just a second, came back. I, I, I watched a good little bit of it. I came back. Well, these guys are still going at it. Um, so, you know, th- this could be one of those matches that, uh, you know, if these two guys probably black go on to have title range, you know, this could be one of those matches that would be put on a DVD as a early, you know, before he was, you know, a five-time champion type match. Um, yep. Good match. Uh, glad they glad they got the time. Um, so, Alistair Black picks up the win. What was this a Money in the Bank qualifier? I, that, that I'm not certain. I I'm not sure either. Um, because we do research, folks. That's why. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander versus... Uh, We're just going to say it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> Ricochet and Cedric Alexander versus Oni Lorkin and uh, Danny Birch. Um, I like the tag team of Ricochet and Alexander. Uh, both high-flying guys. Uh, if, you know, if you can't figure out what to do with them, stick them in the tag team has always been something that they've done. But I, I feel like it could really work here. Um, both super talented guys. So, uh, but uh, I'd, I'd chime in here, but I don't want to give a spoiler for the uh, the next week or all that we're going to cover. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, get a little look back at um, get get a look back at Owens and Rollins at Mania. Uh, then we get. Seth Rollins versus Denzel DeJournet. I, 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 I'm not sure. Uh, Mr. J-O-B to me. So, uh, Seth Rollins <laughs> picks up the win. Um, Nijax um, picks up the win over Diano Perezzo. Uh, and uh, Humberto picking up a win over Brendan Vink. Um, so we, we get to the end of the show and, um, kind of, kind of hear from Drew McIntyre and, uh, because, uh, big show has a Netflix show, they get him some screen time and, uh, we, uh, we get McIntyre beating big show. Um, no, I'm fine with it. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, it, it is what it is and no, no big deal there. Um, yeah. kind of had a, 
early mid nineties feel to it to me, like where they were kind of building it up through the whole show. Cause you know, you're all went in and something would happen and they'd be like, you know, we've got footage to show you from last week. And you know, and uh, they kind of build it up through the show. And yeah. It wasn't, wasn't much when it got there, but you know, it was, you know, Drew beating the big show and Brock in one night supposed to, you know, kind of cement some a little bit more, but uh, like I said, it kind of, kind of gave me shades of like the early nineties are all. Yeah. Uh, moving on to, to dynamite um, from uh, not this past week, but the week before we uh, Lance Archer gets a win over Alan angels, uh, Hikiro Shida versus uh, Britt Baker. This match got a ton of time. Uh, Britt Baker uh, seemingly broke her nose in this match. Um, have, have you been able to catch any of Britt Baker's work since she's I, I know we touched on it briefly since she's, you know, cut the promos on Shivani and kind of done this heel turn and everything, but um, I've caught some of the promos, but I've not seen any uh, entering stuff. She, I don't know if her, her boyfriend, Mr. Adam Cole, baby, is, is helping her, but uh, very serviceable in the ring. Um, she, uh, loving the heel work here. Um, but, uh, her and, uh, Hikira Shida have a, one of the best win matches that's happened on, uh, AEW, uh, go out of your way to watch that. Um, best friends and, uh, Omega and Nakazawa, um, wasn't crazy about that. It, um, it was okay, um, but uh, then we get uh, Brody Lee getting a getting a squash over, over Lee Johnson, um, and uh, Cody and um, Sean Spears rekindling their rivalry from uh, from last summer, and um, pretty unique finish with Cody picking up the win with a pinfall in a figure four so I, I don't really know how many times i've ever seen that um maybe once maybe <laughs> i i'm i'm not sure uh you ever seen a pinfall finish with a figure four i, I don't think so <laughs> um so wait, wait, wait so he had him in the figure four and pinned him or uh how'd this, how'd this go yeah cody had him in the figure four and I guess from exhaustion, Sean Spears just kind of had he, – he just kind of quit. Oh, okay. I got you. I yeah, got you. his shoulders were on the mats. Okay. Uh, my, my mind was like he had him in figure four and then kind of rolled him up too. And I'm like, that just sounds painful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, okay, I got you. Where they like pass out from the pain and stuff. I yeah, it, yeah. I, maybe once. But that's just ballparking. I, don't, I can't even say who was in the match. Yeah. Maybe uh, like – I'm thinking maybe Flair had somebody and somebody knocked him out. And so the, they didn't pass out, but they were knocked out and the ref counted or something like that, maybe. True. Uh, th- that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm beginning, and I'm not sure. Uh, we get um, six-woman ladder match on NXT. Moving on to NXT now, a um, six-woman ladder match um, for the number one contender, the NXT championship. Um, and... Uh, Lots of, lots of good little bumps here. Uh, th- this show was basically like a, like a takeover show, more or less. 
And um, it's worth noting that this show and the, the this past Wednesday's, Wednesday shows beat uh, AEW in the ratings by just a smidgen. Um, so we get, after the ladder match, we get uh, a little preview of the Black Heart versus the Rebel Heart, Champa versus Gargano. One final beat. I, I like the little build there. Um, so, Indus Indus Sheer versus Everrise, um, and uh, Indus Sheer uh, are the guys who uh, kind of reminded you of the Head Shrinkers, I do believe. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, they uh, they pick up the win here. Um, and then we get to, I, I, I don't know how I felt about this match. Um, Chomping Gargano. Have you, have you seen this? The, uh, the, the, uh, this, it was cinematic, but it wasn't like the fun house or the boneyard. It was still regular match. But it was warehouse or something like that. Yeah. And I don't know. I I feel like I don't know. And you you couldn't do it with a crowd. But, you know, I I think they've done some different camera angles from some past manias uh, where it looks cinematic, but the crowd is still there. I don't know. This with no announcer. It was just them talking smack back and forth. And plus, it went nearly an hour. Um, and it seems like that's a theme during the empty arena phase is we're going to have us long matches, folks. Uh, and then sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. But uh, I don't know. I, I didn't hate it, but I, I didn't I didn't love it. So uh, I meant to go back and watch this one because uh, I was kind of hyped about, you know, this being their last yeah, uh, last match, and and I heard about it being the empty warehouse thing, and I, I never did get around to. I think it's still in my DVR, so it's it's not out of the question. But <laughs> yeah, it's um. So, yeah, I mean it, it's worth watch. It's um, you know something different. Uh, but um, moving along to SmackDown, we get uh, from um the tenth of April, we get uh, Braun Strowman. Opening up the show, uh, and he gets greeted by Shinsuke Nakamura, setting up a match. Uh, then Alexa Bliss, another WrestleMania rematch. Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross versus the Kabuki Warriors. I don't think this was um, as good as their Mania match, but still solid. Um, so, you know, and and. There was something I want, I want to kind of backtrack just a bit here. There was something uh, you mentioned earlier because on this SmackDown, they talked about how WrestleMania was the most social event in uh, in WWE history. I guess it was just shattering Twitter. Um, but uh, <laughs> so, so you mentioned that um, you were having some issues with uh, the network and, and the feed. And, and I know I was I had a Reddit thread going to and there was a lot of people complaining about that a guy at work he he tried to watch it 
I had similar issues, thankfully. I don't know why, but I never experienced one single hiccup. So I'm wondering, I would like to know, and I'm sure during a quarterly call that'll be released of uh, how many people purchased or, or watched this. Because uh, this was literally the only thing on during <laughs> this weekend, uh, this True. particular weekend. So I, I'm, I'm curious as to how many people watched it. Um, moving along on this SmackDown, we get Ziggler and Tucker. Ziggler picks up the win. Uh, the dirt sheet with um, Miz and Morrison continuing the story of uh, those the New Day, um, Miz and Morrison and the Usos, uh, Forgotten Sons versus Lucha House Party. I'm uh, I'm fine with Forgotten Sons getting called up, so we're still getting NXT call ups with them and Bianca Belair, just in a strange fashion, I guess you would say. Um, then. Uh, the normal, I've, I've heard people online, of course, you know, it's online, they're complaining. But, uh, you know, they're like, well, they, there weren't any huge uh, show-ups, and, and it, was, it wasn't this, it wasn't that. And it's like, well, naturally, they're, they're going to save groundbreaking uh, arrivals for, like, when there is a crowd. You know? Yeah. and You're not going to bring the team dream up with nobody there to pop. So Yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to do it smart and have, you know, have it where there's going to get a reaction. So Yeah. Um, Bailey, Sasha Banks, um, Steel Buddies for now, setting up a match, uh, with, uh, Tamina. And, um, I really think we're, I feel like some, this year's SummerSlam, if, if things are back to normal by then, could just absolutely be bananas. And, uh, I feel like the, they could uh, drag this Bailey and Sasha Banks match because that's inevitably what we're getting to. Gotta be, gotta be. Um, yeah, that, uh, we'll get that at SummerSlam. Yeah, it, it's well. Um, we we teased it before, like they were kind of having issues like this, like last year, I think. Mm-hmm. And then before the issues like actually come come into a feud into a match, they you know they smooth everything's over. They're best friends, and then they become a tag team, and and we've got to here and. And now there's tension over the title, sort of, but they're still buddies and all this. And and you know, uh, uh, a little shout out to uh, Puppet. Uh, he would he would say, uh, uh, "Throw it in the crock pot." You know, that's slow cooking, baby. <laughs> 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 I had to throw that in there. Oh, good stuff. Um, so uh, Seamus uh, kicking the head off a of cow bloom. Um, and uh, then we get a Jeff Hardy profile video. I'm not sure if it's going to be Jeff Hardy and Sheamus, if that's a little tease there. Um, then uh, we end the show with uh, Strowman and Nakamura. Uh, afterwards, we get Firefly Funhouse. And it looks like we're going to get um, looks like we're going to get Bray and Braun. So a lot of history there. I, I don't really have a problem with it necessarily. Uh, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, I kind of dug it that Braun wasn't terrified. So so that might be the way to go there. Um, wh- what do you think about Bray and Braun? Uh, like you said, the history behind it. So, it, it, you know, it's already kind of – it's already got an interesting feel to it because of that. Um, 
I kind of worry about the title being involved because we just did this, you know, a few months ago and just got the belt off of Bray. So, you know, if, if by chance Bray beats him, we got the belt on a guy that character-wise doesn't really need it again. But, yeah. but I ain't going to let that uh, drag it down. I'm interested to see where it goes. And let's roll with it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, uh, moving along, we got uh, Raw from this past Monday. Uh, Drew McIntyre um, opening up the show, and uh, he uh, gets challenged by Andrade or Zelina Vega. So, so Zelina Vega has quietly went about and built herself stable. So I don't know where this came from, but I'm digging it. I, I don't know. They need a catchy name. They do because all stables do. But true, true. I, I, Andrade, Angel Garza, Austin Theory, was Zelina as the mouthpiece. I, it's almost like a Heenan family esque. I'm I'm liking it. Uh, keep it up and put a title in there. Uh, wait, does Andrade still have the U.S. title? Yeah, he's still U.S. champ. Okay, well then they've got a title. Okay, they're good. <laughs> as I said, research, folks. Anyways, uh, it's been a long two weeks, guys. It's it has. has. Um, but uh, moving out along after that, we got that match set up. So, Oscar and Ruby Riot. Uh, like I said, it seems like they're really trying to get Oscar back over strong. Another good match here. Oscar picking up the win. Um, and uh, Alistair Black, Oni Lorcan, Alistair Black picking up the win. Uh, then we get Becky Lynch cutting a promo. Um, kind of a bland promo. Just kind of like, you know, I did it. And we re- really don't know what's next. Um, so, we'll see. Uh, but... Um, Something we need to touch on that's happened this past week. So we get uh, – we've kind of tying in here with Shayna Baszler. She's facing Sarah Logan. Um, Ronda Rousey's kind of made some news this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you've heard about this. Basically, now I'm not going to go verbatim on what she tweeted, but – Something about uh, she's not coming back because of the fans, and it's it's fake anyways. More of the same from before she left, essentially. And uh, then she kind of inadvertently quoted Hulk Hogan about, you know, don't uh, – you stupid marks, don't – you know, when it's a work, don't work yourself into a shoot. or so, I, I can't remember what it was, but I remember the classic tweet from Hogan. Uh, but uh, – yeah, I mean this this has got to be setting up her comeback, right? I, I would think so. Um, I, I, that, that's my thought process, but then then my head goes to the point of you know, I, I guess it's one of those that wrestling just overlook it type things. But it, where she's saying you know that it's fake fighting, and then if she comes back to do it, she's going to be fake fighting. Yeah, <laughs> and it you know I I don't know it, my head get, it's hard to wrap my head around. The, the logic behind that. I mean, I know what they're trying to do if, if that's what they're doing, you know, is yeah. to get everybody riled up. But then you get thinking, well, what is, why is she doing it then if she comes back? So, so yeah, like I said, it may be one of those things. It's wrestling, you know, just roll with it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Shayna picks up a dominant win over 
Sarah Logan. So along with Oscar, she's in a Money in the Bank. Um, Austin Theory versus Akira Tozawa. Uh, Austin Theory picks up the win. Um, next week, more Money in the Bank qualifying matches. So Alistair Black is officially not in the Money in the Bank, but uh, could be because he faces Austin Theory next week. That should be fun. Um, so the, the Black Apollo match was a pre-qualifier. There you go. Pre-qualifier to the qualifier. <laughs> there you go. Um, Mysterio versus uh, Buddy Murphy. Um, Apollo Crews and MVP. Um, so should should be some fun matches there. Uh, Angel Garza versus uh, to Hootie Miles and Angel Garza gets the win. Nia Jax, Carrie Sane. Uh, Nia Jax gets the win there. She's in the um, uh, money, women's money in the bank. Um, Little uh, promo time from Charlotte. Pretty, pretty basic. I mean, just kind of braggadocious. Uh, don't want to, you know, like you said, just low and slow, like in a crock pot. Uh, <laughs> just let it build. Um, Viking Raiders versus uh, uh, Rick Shane, Cedric Alexander. Pretty decent match. Uh, yeah. Viking Raiders picking up the win. Yeah, that's what I didn't want to spoil when we were talking about the other row. This It was a good match. I enjoyed it. Uh, another long one. Uh, longer than I was expecting. Um, yep. I like how, um, like before the commercial break, they they kind of hyped the Viking Raiders returning to Raw mm-hmm. after not being on there for a few weeks. And then when the match got going, you know, uh, Cedric and Ricochet really had a good showing with it. So it was kind of cool that they. It's almost like you expected it to be a squash, being that they had hyped the Raiders right before the commercial break. But it turned out it was really good back and forth match. Uh, Cedric and Ricochet looked really well. The Vikings looked pretty good. It it was one of the more uh, interesting matches I've been in with the Raiders, and I've, I enjoy them. But sometimes they just don't click with me, you know. But this one really clicked. I, I really liked it. I hope we see more of both teams together, and and really hope they push uh, Cedric and Ricochet. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, we we get um, moving along. We get McIntyre versus Andrade, and the one thing that stood out from this match was, who grabbed my foot? Was it you? <laughs> was it you? Did you grab my foot? Yeah, that was oh, that was hilarious. Um, and then a chop that I think they heard like, you know, down the street. Yeah, yeah, it was. over or something like that. <laughs> just absolutely brutal chop. Uh, McIntyre picks up the win, uh, gets a attack by Rollins after the match. So I'm fine with that. Uh, Rollins and McIntyre. Um, good, uh, good first feud, um, for, uh, for McIntyre, uh, moving along to, uh, to NXT from, uh, from this past week. Uh, Finn Balor, Picks up a win over Fabian Fabian Aker, Acher. Uh, not sure. Uh, Ackner. I don't know. I, I mispronounce names. You, you people should know that by now. Anyways, <laughs> uh, uh, Charlotte Flair. Uh, another promo by her. Um, uh, Zaya Lee uh, versus Aaliyah. Uh, Zaya Lee picks up the win. 
Um, and I'm not sure. I'm out of the loop on this. Apparently, the cruiserweight title is uh, has been vacated. Uh, I'm not sure. There, there's an interim cruiserweight tournament that, that's happening, and I'm not sure why. Like I said, I most of the time I, I, I watch AEW on Wednesdays, so I'm, I'm a little out of the loop. We, we might have to do some digging there. I, th- I think it was something similar to um, uh, Rhea Ripley's situation. Gotcha. Or, so- or something. It was it was along the lines of where, uh, um, I can't even think of the guy's name. Who, who had it? Um, yeah. Jordan Devlin. Yes. Like, he'll get a rematch or he'll get an opportunity, like, whenever whatever this issue is gets resolved. But it's something along those lines. Like, I don't think it was an injury. I think it was a... Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a visa thing, like hers or what it was, but um, like I know, I think that's why um, Pete Dunn can't be involved in the tag title match right now. Hmm. It's a similar situation. Interesting. Probably um, something to do with the uh, the COVID nineteen stuff going on or something. I guess I don't know. I'm I'm just ballparking here. Yeah, good possibility. Uh, T- uh, Tegan Knox uh, versus uh, Raquel. Uh, Gonzalez, um, and uh, Knox picks up the win. Um, get a little Keith Lee video package. Uh, Dexter Loomis versus Tahuti Miles. Um, Loomis picks up the win. Uh, and, uh, Adam Cole kind of said he was going to appear, didn't appear, and um, and it looks like we're going to get Finn Balor versus Velveteen Green, number one contender match. Uh, to your point, we get uh, Matt Riddle, Timothy Thatcher versus Undisputed Era. Riddle and Thatcher get get the win, uh, and then we get uh, Killer Cross, now known as Carrion Cross. Uh, attacking Tommaso Ciampa. Um, and it, it looks like uh, Scarlett Bordeaux will be with him. I think she's the real-life wife or girlfriend. There was a pair of boots there as he was talking to Tommaso Ciampa. Everybody's saying it's going to be her. And uh, I, I'm, I'm really hoping she keeps her moniker of uh, the smoke show Scarlett Bordeaux because that's just catchy as all get out. Um <laughs> I don't anticipate some of the, the, the raciness that she's done in other promotions will be there, but uh, I, I think she could add a lot to to the presentation. Um, I'm not super familiar with uh, Killer Cross. I, I've watched a little bit of his stuff from Impact. Um, so um, what, what about you? Are you over, uh, familiar with uh, now Carrion Cross? I've heard the name. I've heard him and Bordeaux's names mentioned, but I don't really know a whole lot about their work. Well, I mean, hopefully, I, I know it's he's coming in with a lot of hype, a lot of fanfare. So we'll see. Um, moving along to to Dynamite, uh, Lance Archer, Colt Cabana, open up in a TNT Championship uh, tournament match. Um, Archer picks up the win. Pretty decent match. Um, 
Britt Baker, Cassandra Golden. Um, Britt Baker picks up the win, and we get a bubbly bunch uh, just to kind of get some screen time to some guys who've not been on there very much. Uh, and uh, we get um, Suge D versus Sammy Guevara. By the way, Chris Jericho was back on commentary again this week. And uh, it um, was just tremendous. Uh, Chuck Taylor versus Kip Sabian. And uh, the line of the night for me was uh, Penelope Ford got up on the apron and uh, obviously had a, a revealing top on or what have you. And uh, Jericho just said, there's Penelope Ford showing her womanly wares. It's <laughs> 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 just what? <laughs> oh, so uh, yeah. Anyways, just great stuff. Um, but uh, Sean Spears picking up a win over over Justin Law. And then we get um, Moxley and Hager, no holds barred match with Jr. on the call. Um, so these guys get thirty plus minutes. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen this match or not. Um, it. Uh, to me, to me, it had the the same um, same feel as as Edge and Orton. I feel it went about ten or fifteen minutes too long, but on the same side of that token, it was a world title match. So the fact they did, I, I think this may have been one of the first world title matches. Jericho may have defended it on Dynamite. I I, I can't remember. But um, it was a world title match. Had a big feel to it. Good hype throughout the show. It was just just a little long, but uh, good good stuff. Um, oh, overall, uh, good good work from both guys. Moxley picks up the win. Yeah, uh, oh, I, I always thought Hager was a good title contender. Yeah, uh, maybe not necessarily a you know maybe he shouldn't be the world champion, but I always thought he. You know, he's got the size. He's got the uh, amateur ability behind it, too. So, you know, I always thought he'd be a believable contender. Um, uh, enjoyed him as Swagger while he was there. And, and I don't think he – he didn't get to be in that that uh, tier. You know, it was usually lower card or a tag team or something. So, kind of kind of cool that he was in that spot. Yeah. Uh, moving on to SmackDown, we get um... – a moment of bliss with uh, with um, Braun Strowman and a uh, little mind games as the the black sheep mask. Uh, Strowman discovered that in a little present. Uh, good good mind games there. So we'll see what happens as, as that story progresses. Um, so. Uh, Tamina versus Sasha Banks. Uh, Tamina actually picks up the win here. Um, Sheamus versus Denzel uh, DeJunette. Uh Sheamus gets the win. Um, 
so uh we get more from uh more from jeff hardy another world video um kind of hyping his return and recovery and so on and so forth um we get uh, another Money in the Bank qualifying match. Naomi and Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke gets the win. And uh, then uh, more a continuation of the Mandy Rose, Otis, Ziggler, Sonya Deville story. Um, Sonya pretty, cut a pretty good promo here. Um, and it looks like, I mean, obviously we're going to get some mixed tags out of this. So, um, but, uh, not, not a bad thing. Um, we get, uh, money in the bank men's qualifying match, Daniel Bryan and Cesaro, Daniel Bryan gets the win. Uh, and, uh, then we get <laughs> a triple threat match singles for the tag team championship. <laughs> and, uh, the New Day, or in this case, Big E, gets the win. Uh, big title title change. Uh, I don't really have a problem with it, but, um, you know, it's kind of strange. Uh, I, I don't know if it's because of the restrictions or what have you, but uh, I, I do like the story they're telling there with those three teams. So we'll just see where it goes. Yeah, um, could, could be something like that, I guess. Six six wrestlers plus a referee plus might be too many people in close close vicinity of each other. I don't know. But yeah. it, it was the it was the other three, right? The not the three on Mania, it was the other right. three, like the, the partners. Right. Okay. Um so that that gets us caught up on uh the past couple of weeks. Couple big things that's happened uh wanna to touch on is we always have releases after after mania it seems every year but this year's a little bit different due to the craziness going on and the covid-19 and there, there's no other promotions running right now so yeah. the, these wrestlers and agents getting released now a i take that back AEW um is still still operating but i think they're they're doing their everything they've got is uh, in the can it's taped so uh, a lot of big names released. Uh, Gallows and Anderson, um, Rusev. The, those are the two big ones that stuck out to me because I could see Gallows and Anderson going back to New Japan, Rusev possibly in AEW. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Hawkins and Ryder. Um, I think Heath Slater. So, uh, Kurt Angle, Lance Storm, Fit Finley, laundry list of guys. Shane um, Helms. Shane Helms. Uh, big, Mike, big, Mike Kyoto. Yeah, and he's been that there one, for one, ages. Yeah, that one like kind of blew my mind. So <clears throat> it's, um, it, you know, kind, kind of a sad situation. Because like I said, it, it's not just normal situation where these guys get released and then they can go to an indie promotion and continue to make a living, much like, everyone right now um it's uh it's um you know they they can't go anywhere so uh, i don't know uh what's your thoughts on this uh yeah 
like you said, we always get releases this time, but this this list was huge. Uh, it, it's it's a sad situation for them. Um, uh, bad, you know, the timing sucks. It, it really does. Um, I'm sure it had to do with the uh, the craziness going on with the corona and all that. Um, I think in they at least do have a little bit of a, of something going on where um, when they get released uh, pro wrestling tees. Like a lot of them's already set up shop on there, and you can buy yep. merchandise to help support them and everything. Uh, another thing, you know, I'd like to think that, um, you know, that these guys make a lot of money doing what they do. Right. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping they've all got some some stuff put up until they can get them through until all this blows over and normalcy can come along. Um, I'm sure we'll see a lot of them go into AW or uh, New Japan or NWA could use the a little extra star power boost there. Yep. Um, what I've seen to their shows, I enjoyed the format, but you know, doesn't seem to have as much of a buzz behind it as some of the other companies. Um, uh, I'm sure some will will even be welcome back to the WWE fold, you know, it's just whatever, wherever they want to go to. I'm sure after the craziness blows over and uh, things get closer to normal, Vince and then we'll have him back because as I've heard a lot of it, he didn't really want to let it go, but you know, that's just reports I've read, but uh, um, I don't know. Crazy situation to just go along with the, Rest of the craziness that so far has been 2020. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the the other big the other big thing this week, <clears throat> and I think I'd seen something about it, and, and you sent me the the promotional poster. So we're going to have money in the bank, uh, not at the performance center, but at the WWE headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut. So. I don't know. I don't know. And supposedly it's going to be up on the roof of the headquarters is the big thing. It's, I guess they need, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have a ring up there doing this. If that's the case, if it's outdoors, maybe that'll give it a little bit different look. I, I don't know. Um, I've seen a few, like you can't really see the roof, but you, it's from the ground level. And uh, there's apparently pictures that they were doing something up there. I don't know whether they were already recording part of it or just doing the like construction for the uh, scaffolding and l- the lighting or whatever they're going to use up there. <laughs> so I guess something is happening. I don't know exactly what, how much of it, but yeah, that's. Uh... And is is that? Um, do you remember the raw opening? I think it's around ninety six, ninety five, ninety six, yep. where they were wrestling on the roof. Is it? Was that from Hector? I believe so. I believe so. Okay, so it'd be kind of a little throwback to that, I guess. Uh, I, I kind of like this poster. It, it's kind of kind of interesting. I, I'm not crazy about that climb the corporate ladder tagline. I get it, but I feel there's probably a lot of wrestlers out there who are just would probably cut a promo on just that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean it's it's going to be different. Um, and like I said, I'm really hoping maybe in another couple months we can get back to normal and won't have to choose these alternate locations. Uh, so um, I think that's got us caught up on all the happenings and goings on. Um, what have you got for us on uh, this day in wrestling history? Uh, just a couple things this time. Um, one of them from uh... – Way back in 1992, uh, it was Randy Savage and Shawn Michaels, I think from the UK, 
Uh, I've got another match wrote down from them was on the 14th, and it was in Germany, and I think this one was UK. Both both available on, uh, I don't know if the network, but um, the Randy Savage DVD sets that they put out mm-hmm. a couple years ago. And, and I think they were Coliseum video releases originally. Uh, I, I remember seeing one of them on, like, Fan Fest or something like that, or uh, UK World Tour or something. Anyways, uh, kind of cool seeing Sean and uh, Savage in a one-on-one match. Um and the other thing I've got is from uh, 2010. Um, this was around the time when TNA and Raw were going head-to-head. And uh, I've got it. I, I'm not 100% sure on the details here. It's RVD versus Jeff Hardy and then RVD versus AJ Styles. I think it was Hardy and RVD for the number one contendership. And then later in the show, the winner got to wrestle Styles. I real quick, for the, real uh, quick, I'm glad you brought that up uh, about TNA going head to head with uh with raw and all that now as you know uh I, i'm big bischoff fan and i love his podcast and they covered i think it was this past week tna lockdown from 2010 and you know <clears throat> he brought up a very interesting point i think we talked about it here on this show AEW seems like the first legit competition since wcw but to Bischoff's yep. point, and I had never really thought about it, you look at it, uh, and I want to get your thoughts on this. You know, at that time when they went head-to-head, um, and even when they were on Thursdays, they were getting over a million people a week. Um, and basically higher ratings than what AEW is getting now. Uh, and... They had Hogan, Flair, granted past their primes and just more or less names at that point, uh, but uh, had Samoa Joe, Styles, Christopher Daniels, RVD, Hardy, um, uh, Bobby Roode. Uh, they, they had a heck of a roster. Um, so I think sometimes we kind of forget uh, – we, we kind of forget about TNA and, and how big uh, – the Kurt Angle was there too. My bad. They, they, uh, we kind of forget about how legit TNA got for a little period of time. Now, wh- whether or not you true, agree true. with Bischoff and Hogan and what they did when they came in and all that, you know, that's beside the point story for another time. But there for a period of time, they, they really – boosted uh boosted their stock and took a run at it so so what, what's your thoughts on that that's it's true they um at least for that time period was huge uh and I, i'll never forget the uh when they first come to monday nights and did the 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 re-monday mm. night war or whatever you want to call it and had that whole uh brett and sean on one channel and nwo on the other it was kind of you know this is awesome. I'm in a time machine. I've gone back to the right. 97, 98, somewhere in there. Um, I thought that was cool. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they were a legitimate contender there for a while. Like, And and I think we do kind of overgloss a little bit. We, uh, I think we all kind of, when we think TNA, we look at the later years when, uh, I don't know, yeah. everything was changing with them and everything, and we, we don't really focus on that. Yeah, and I, and I mean, now, and I say, too, that uh, I say too that I think a lot of it TNA had the impact zone and they kind of had their uh, it was kind of like an NXT vibe you know where where they had their their pl- 
place each week and a lot of times for pay-per-views and such. And where we see AEW seems more legit because they're traveling. So, you know, I get it. But I think, you know, the Bischoff's point there there for a while, they had some good ratings. I know I was watching quite a bit during that time because, I mean, it was was some pretty good stuff. So I just wanted to toss that in there. And I I was wanting to get a – Try, try to find a way to ask you about that, and you you set that up perfectly. So, anyways, uh, uh, continue that works, on. That works. Oh, that's all I've got for the nineteenth on here is uh, those two. Well, three. All righty. Well, um, <clears throat> I think uh, I think that catches us up uh, for the past couple weeks, and uh, we will continue to soldier on and try and do this as much as we can and and all that good stuff so that's that's all i've got oh yeah, okay uh, let me throw one more thing in here let me throw one more thing in here since it it happened about a week ago but we'll uh i'm gonna throw it in there too i just find this match really interesting do you remember uh when mike awesome yeah. came to wcw and uh at, at the time he left ecw for wcw yep. he was ecw world champion and uh Let's see. The date I've got wrote down for it is uh, April 13th. I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but uh, uh, we had Taz versus Mike Awesome on an ECW show, which was so awesome because this was a WWF guy versus a WCW guy for the ECW title. Yeah, right in the middle of the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, I I don't know if now we would see anything like that. See, I think... I think now, uh, back then, you know, Vince was kind of fighting from underneath and, and was working with ECW a lot. And it was almost to a degree of some ways. But I think now WWE has gotten so big, so global. They've got their own farm systems. Everything's in-house. And they are a little bit reluctant to work with other companies. Granted, the, the, the Ric Flair Broken Skull sessions – pretty good uh seen uh some little clips or, or pictures of tna they brought that up so it seems he's become a little more open to tna uh and, and things like that but i feel like sometimes he's a little less open now to working with companies and, and i don't think you would see see something like that now um so i i really think it was uh good 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 call out there to bring that up that's a truly unique situation i'm not sure we'll see again that's what i was thinking and like i said it happened it isn't today in wrestling history but uh yeah and it was so close and uh i just happened to have it on my paper here i thought uh, let's mention that i don't know if it will you know we'll maybe be doing this podcast and it never yeah. the date never hit close enough to one of our shows for us to yeah think about it good, and talk uh, about it. So I was like, yeah, let's good mention there. there yeah um but uh, I think uh, I think it's all I've got and uh, and all that good stuff. So whatever else you got there, Josh. That's all for me, man. Stay positive.